0: We'll start over. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Hey, guys, we'll try this again. I guess my signal blew away or something. Um, We're still live. Uh, Just gave me a notification that my live signal went away. So uh, Anyway, appreciate you guys tuning in there and bearing with us here. This is Matt Messer. He's from Cotton Gin Smokers, and he was just telling us all about himself. You mind starting that over again, Matt? That was ridiculous. Uh, I forgot what I said. Yeah, no, yeah, uh, you're we're just, just telling us how you're doing there at the shop. What you're up to right now?
1: Yeah. Um
0: well we we've uh last
1: week we had some uh near 100 degree weather and uh, talked to somebody from Austin, Texas yesterday and they said they've been in the triple digits for the last 2 weeks so I said I'll keep my under triple digit weather. Oh yeah. So t- today was in the 80s but um <clears throat> it's still Not hot so in much the shop. Heat
0: it's that gosh darned humidity
1: yeah that's right that's right <laughs> so. um it's crazy but yeah we uh, um we're rocking and rolling we've got a whole bunch of drums uh that we just picked up from Powdercoat today uh cool. get ready to fit those out next week and i uh, got a whole new load of drums coming in um on, on monday and um fire pits we got offset cookers that we launched this year and uh mm-hmm. man those have been uh, those have been a lot of fun and uh yeah. i've I really enjoyed the offset cookers and the challenge there um and uh appreciate your your advice and counsel and help <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah I'm <laughs> when, there for I'm, you, when i'm stumped
1: <laughs> you know frank you, you realize I, <laughs> I would say you realize you, you were there for me the very
0: first smoker we built. Yeah. I remember you, you made
1: part of the parts for it,
0: for that rotisserie. Yeah. Thanks dude. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I, uh, man, I I love helping out. That's the thing, you know? Um, and, uh, my, my heart's always been out there for the guys that are trying to make a go of it, you know? And, uh, it's, it's really been cool to watch you come alive in your business and just, Dude, I'm telling you, you're making an impact. You know, it's really cool to watch it, you know, from the sidelines. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks. It's 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 crazy. So I'm sitting right now
1: in my basement um, in the exact spot where I drilled out my first drum smoker. So, <laughs> so I don't know if you remember how this played out, but uh, we, we built that rotisserie in 2018, and we, we took it to Memphis in May. Yeah. And had a booth there, spent too much money having that booth there. And um, but made some good connections and re- built some yep. relationships that are still lasting today. Um, and uh, my partnership, we had there's three of us involved in that partnership. And um, one of the partners had to had to step out, uh, do his job. And mm-hmm. uh, so we just we wound up dissolving the the, the company after a year. And mm-hmm. I was pretty, man, I was down and I was discouraged and I was, I felt like I let my financial investor down. And, um, and it just, it was a, it was a. I felt kind of like a failure. And I know that. I remember, too. I remember talking to you on the phone, um, not long after that. And, um, and you told me I, I'd made fun of drum smokers because I'd seen them at Memphis That's in cool. May and, and thought, man, these, these guys are cooking on trash cans. Yep. Uh, and and you we were talking on the phone that evening and um we were probably in our second hour of the conversation and you said matt i know you uh, uh i know you make fun of drum smokers but uh don't knock it till you try it yeah and you challenge you challenged me to make it to build a drum smoker and i uh i took you up on that challenge and uh, i still have that same number one drum smoker at the shop and that's awesome um, it still runs like a camp and got 18 hours of cook time my first cook on january and it's high of nine degrees and snow on the ground and it was cold out when i got up that morning and started the fire and uh but when i got 18 hours 18 hours of cook time i just was i was like you know what i don't care if it looks like a trash can i don't look like i don't care if it looks like something from twister um or some dorothy (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's what they always say (laughs) yeah I, I've gotten it all, man. I'm like, you know what? It don't matter. That thing cooks and it's fuel efficient and let's roll with it. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's It's been really cool to watch you come alive with that too, because like you didn't just like build a few drum smokers and sell them. I mean, you made a, you made an impact with your brand and you started getting in front of the steak cook-off association and, just tell us kind of how that happened. How, how did you – that's really something, honestly, I think that would be really cool to hear from you is because there's so many guys out there that watch us, you know, pit builders and stuff like that, that are trying to get their start, and they, they just don't really understand how to make that first connection, how to, get that, how to get that hit, you know. And you've been able to do that through your networking and through social media and stuff like that and just some of the risks that you took. I'd, I'd like to hear you talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah. um, You know, there's some, obviously there's some key ingredients there um, like any recipe, but, you know, recipe for business and um, relationships is the, is the biggest thing. Uh, Obviously, um, you know, I've had, I've had mentors around me, um, yourself and several others that have, that have uh, coached and, invested uh, their time in, in into me. And I I would say that's the number one thing um, is build relationships and hang on to those relationships. And, um, and that, and that's one of the biggest thing that, you know, I didn't grow up in the barbecue community. I grew up in Texas eating barbecue, but I didn't grow up in the competition community or the building community or any of that. And um, that's the one thing within like barbecue and SCA, like, it's just a tight knit family, and mm-hmm. uh, that's been the coolest thing. So, um, you know, yeah, everybody's got their secrets and stuff. But I, I even even regarding the secrets, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, people are there to compete. But I've been to some of these competitions, and, and I've seen uh, professional cooks bring somebody else in that's competing against them, and take them in under their wing, and coach them, and help them, and uh and in and, and wanting to see them be successful. Yep. And uh so that's that's been the cool thing. Uh and then you know Sonny Mobro, I don't know Sonny. I've got a lot of respect for him. Um uh, I made fun of him one time on, on uh Facebook uh a couple of years ago. He had he had posted a picture and he was standing on top of one of his uh offsets in his shop and he had his dog either sitting on the ground or sitting up there on the tank i can't remember but he was sitting up there and and posing you know and uh so i I saw that and i told my wife i said this is when i was sitting right where we're sitting right now drilling holes in this exact spot i said let's let's go outside i need you to take a picture of me so i we take a, a drum out there and i carefully climbed up on top of a 55 gallon drum and stood there and i got my our farm cat and stuck it down there at the bottom and (laughs) <laughs> to tag Sonny in the picture, and I you remember that. It.
0: That's you hilarious. Got pretty, yeah.
1: fun, you got a kick out of that, but you know that's the thing. Just um, being able to do stuff like that and have fun with it, but um, you know the, the respect for people um, and for each other that's out there. Um, whether you're cooking or building pits, um, it, it's it's incredible, and um, I wouldn't trade I wouldn't trade that for anything.
0: And oh yeah, for sure. So yeah, that's,
1: you know, that that's the number one thing. That's the first thing that uh, and I've always been a networker since I was a little kid. Just I have I've stayed in touch with people from high school years after I was out of high school. You know, obviously getting married, and having kids changes some of that. But, um, you mm-hmm. know, so that kind of came naturally to me just to jump in and build relationships with people and, and become friends with folks and um, <clears throat> and just mm-hmm. take take each day at a time. Uh, yeah. You know, don't yeah. don't try to get in over your head and it's just hard to do. And, yes, yes. And, and and I know you pulled the reins back on me a couple times and been like, hey now, easy. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. Well we conquer gotta work the world and everything. Other, yeah. <laughs> you know, green money fab, uh, Chris, he says don't overtool. That's what he says. what yeah. he yeah. calls over tooling. Keep it, keep that pace, build, build steady, build, you know, I mean, take risk. It, everything's risk, you know, but at the same time, be strategic about what you're building, you know, and, and, uh, yeah. you know, think smart, <laughs> make good investments, you know, that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, that's what I took by when he said, don't over I think he might've actually been meaning, don't buy five drill presses and six welders. And <laughs> I think he was meaning like, take it easy now. <laughs> but, yeah that's really cool so uh everybody that's joining in here on the live stream here because this will be on the replay later but everybody joining on the live stream just in case you didn't know this is my buddy matt messer from cotton gin smokers he's our guest tonight and i'm just kind of interviewing him a little bit here in the beginning talking about the story of cotton gin and uh just kind of what happened And here in a little bit we'll start taking some questions from you guys um i know matt has built a freaking boatload of drum smokers um, he was talking about that a little bit ago. He's got a shop full right now, and a whole nother shop full coming. Um, so, kind of, kind of tell us a little bit about like where, where you know it started. You know, you started getting into it. Where was that? What was that moment where you feel like you really started getting that steam rolling? Like, what was the deal that happened, or <laughs> what was the significant thing that happened when your magic started happening and the name started going? I think that that started when I picked up some Brandon ambassadors um and in, invited
1: a team of people to come on board with me um and i've been i've been very um i was not a social media guru by any means I had a facebook account like anybody else but i wasn't on instagram i didn't do tick tock dances or any of that and um and i i my first year doing it man you know when i started posting stuff on instagram i mean i remember i had some 20 year old kids that came up to me that I worked with at the time and, and they said, Matt, we want to talk to you. And about five of them pinned me down and said, um, we like you and we like what you're doing and trying to do. But um, we need we need to talk about your social media account. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and um, It looks like you just go to barbecue restaurants and you like barbecue restaurants and uh, it doesn't look like you build smokers. And um, they started talking to me about social media algorithms and, and whatnot. And um, so I started making some changes and some tweaks there and started gaining some traction. And then all of a sudden you had person after person, you know, messaging me, Hey, can I be a ambassador? Can I be an influencer? Can I have a free smoker? And, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, I can't tell you there was a season where it was just like raining in and I'm like, I, 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 I was getting more requests for, free smokers. And I was
0: customers. <laughs> and I, that I, said,
1: I said, you know what? Um, I appreciate that. That means a lot that people want to represent my brand and um, but I'm going to say no to everybody right now. And I turned everybody down that first year and I said, I'm, I'm not, I, I need to learn the system. I need to learn mm-hmm. how influencer marketing works. Um, and so, um, So i did and i watched and i learned and observed them um so then we slowly started to build a team and um and that's when that's when things took off um i sold um, 20 smokers in in one um, in one week um that i launched three new team members and wow um, i i couldn't believe it i was just like floored and um i was down in memphis at my mom's house and i had to that's all i could do is just sit there and take orders i just I couldn't believe what was happening yeah and so that was like the first like push and gave me some motivation and stuff and then you, you hit seasons and then there's like a month where i didn't sell anything and then i got you know i was like "Well, oh, crap <laughs> hey how am i going to pay the bills on you know um so uh yeah it kind of came in waves but that was the first initial push and then um social media started growing and, you know, I remember hitting 500 followers and going, man, I just was so excited. And uh, I could have been more thrilled than I hit a thousand. And yeah. then I, and then I creeped up to 1500 and then slowly hit 2000 and then, um, you know, and I got in some trouble, some hot water with my wife because she felt like I was always on the phone and, and I, and, oh, and I, I, I was, and and that's another thing that you know, somebody that's doing this, um, you know, when you're trying to build a business, there's sacrifices that have to have to happen, um, but don't don't sacrifice the things that are important to you. Yep. Um, and you know, I, I read a book that that you told me about. <clears throat> And, you read um, a book yeah. I told you about. That's scary. I dude. I, I know you. You recommended the book to me, and and uh, what was it?
0: Do
1: you remember? Uh, well, yeah. You told me not to tell anybody. So go ahead um, and tell everybody. <laughs> it's a book called Profit First, and yeah, yeah dude, um, that book will wreck your mind. I I listened to it all oh, the way I'm back from that. St. All the way back from St. Louis, um, and um, it's. I want to go back through it again Uh, but i have i've may have told a couple people about it so sorry about that (laughs) Uh, but it just buddy dude it it just it's such a good book and um but one thing he talks about in there is he addresses entrepreneurs and um and how we we sometimes create a monster and become a slave to that monster and i was doing that exactly
0: Say it again. What he says, flap harder. That's what it feels yeah. like, flap harder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, the only
1: thing that was flapping was the skin under my arms. And uh, <laughs> Yeah. But I was just, I, I was sacrificing my family. Um, and, you know, but I was working a full-time job. I was drilling holes in the evenings after the kids went to bed. Uh, I was drilling holes and painting on the weekends, and um, it was it was brutal for a little while. Um, and you know, things started to to change. COVID hit. Yeah. Holy cow! COVID hit, and y'all know if you're if you're in this, you know that that what that did for the outdoor cooking industry was un- oh, unbelievable. Fire. Nice. I mean, and and the barbecue industry was already a phenomenon at that point it it, it was already like taking off and and it just like accelerated it even more and Mm -hmm. um you know uh, aaron franklin and what he's done for the industry and um how he's i mean he's influenced everybody out there and Mm -hmm. um and and that's that's the thing you know with him that that i've really appreciated is that He's all about teaching and um, letting the secrets out and and yeah. Um yeah. And, and I've seen that I've seen the mentality change in, in the barbecue community just in my short time in it, where you know, there was just a lot of secrets with yeah. the competition and stuff and, and with their cooking and if like even with restaurants and stuff, like holding stuff in and he just like he was literally an open book to people and mm-hmm now I've seen others doing that, which is cool. Like it's kind of like a band of brothers or ancestors, I guess. And,
0: you know, I want, I want to pull back a little bit towards when you said the Prophet first book. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got to give a shout out to, to my buddy Cosmo Darian. Um, Mm -hmm. So Cosmo's actually one. I was sitting in his office. uh, I went down there just to visit and uh, just telling him some stuff that I was struggling with in business a little bit. And he was like, dude, you just got to read that book. And this is, this is before COVID, but uh, he told me about that book and I listened to it freaking all the way home. And I got to tell you, man, it, it completely changed the way I think about money in a business. It's now I have a different spin on that, that I still, I use profit first in, in our business, but I do, I have a little bit of a different spin on it that I do. Um, and one of these days I thought about after I prove it's, it's flawless. I don't tell anybody about it until I prove it works, but It's working right now. So, you know, um, I I think what's really, really, really important is to get your money right out the gate in this business. You know, if you decide that you want to build them on the side or you decide you want to build them for a living, don't pass go until you get your money right. Because this is going to be a downward spiral. Would you agree? If you don't Pay, pay yourself, pay yourself, man yeah you got to get you got there's got to be money to pay yourself or you're just wasting your family and everybody around you's time yeah if you don't if you don't pay yourself even in the very beginning
1: take take that portion for owner pay and that portion for profit and make sure it's there because if not you're gonna really destroy your family and your marriage because your wife will begin to resent you're you're spending hours doing this hobby job whatever and we're not seeing any ROI out of it. Yeah, she doesn't feel it. All she no. feels is you're
0: gone. Yep. Yep. <laughs> or you're yep. in that shot. You know, yep. that, that, so. And that's, so, so would you say that, uh, like, as far as, uh, now I'd, I'd like to take some questions here in a little bit. We got a few more minutes here until I do that. So, guys, um, start dropping questions in the chat. If you got any questions for Matt just about the drum smokers or just anything. Um, is there anything you don't want to answer questions about? I answer every question.
1: <laughs> I'll answer what I can.
0: All right. <laughs> I, I might
1: plead the fifth on a couple, but I don't know. We'll
0: see. All right. We'll see what happens. So, uh, but anyway, um, what would you say like the future looks like for pit building as far as your, from your perspective, because I'll just give you a little background why I asked the question sure. is because like, if you look at, Google Trends, and I've been talking a little bit more about this lately, is that pellet cookers, like you can use Google Trends and it'll give you a bar graph that shows like this term and then this term and then this term, how it's trended over time. And so if you look at like uh, just reverse flow smokers, offset smokers, gravity feed smokers, start listing them out and then put pellet smokers in there. It's like all the regular hardcore smokers are down here and then pellets just jumped way up. And that's back, you know, four years ago, it started really trending hard. And so like over time, pellet smokers has been such a gateway to get people into barbecue. And now you've got all of this other stuff down here that now they're all the pellet guys are getting like whatever, curious, gravity feed, curious, drum smoker, curious, stick burner, curious. So kind of give me your perspective on that. If you've thought about that much, I,
1: you know, I've, I've thought about, not exactly that, but yeah, a little bit um, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna see I think we're gonna see a big uh, influx of of people returning to the offset cookers and um, wow. you know drum cookers and the and cooking with real charcoal and wood and um, <clears throat> you know 'cause there's a there is something about sitting around an offset cooker and baby in that fire yeah I, and i think i don't want to i don't want to sound but as the man in me like i love fire <laughs> Ugh, you know caveman, give, give, give a good give a good <laughs> tim allen grunt there you know and uh yeah I, I i something you know just attracts us to fire and um let sit there and stare at a fire all night long around a fire pit yeah um, so there's something that draws people to that <clears throat> so i think i think we're gonna start seeing you know like you said hey hey i'm i'm thankful for pellet cookers if that's what happens <laughs> they yeah. drawing people in that weren't in the industry or weren't weren't smoking meat you know uh, that need now that they are. Fix. right right yeah and uh you know the the technology thing you know I can't I can't sit here and, and and deny that people that cook with pellet cookers don't know how to cook. I've seen and eaten some fantastic some food out of food. it. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I, I've made fun of pellet cookers before, uh, just like I did drum smokers. But, um, you know, I've got my respect for
0: But for It's just a marketing that, thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It
0: is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. So so the thing is, is that what I started to kind of think about, though, is because the influx, like, if look at lead times. And I mean, Dino Dan and I've talked about this a little bit, too, recently in his Offset Smokers group, which, by the way, if you if you have a minute to go over there, join that group, because I give away a weekly gift certificate to a barbecue store in Dan's group. Um, so hop on over there. He has... Uh, Weekly giveaways, weekly contests, whatever. I've got five left of this series. So anyway, um, Offset Smokers on Facebook. But what I was going to tell you is, is that uh, it it looks like the bubble, like everybody was in the pellets and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden now those guys are getting curious. And all of us guys over here chilling out, making offsets and stuff are like not ready for the surge. Of, of business because like now there's all these uh, guys that have really huge timelines, you know, like they're way booked out. I don't know what you're, how far you're booked out, but like on stick burners and stuff, the average is at least one year. Some guys yeah. are even more than that, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I just didn't know if maybe you were experiencing that same phenomenon or not.
1: Yeah. Uh, we've, we've, uh, we've seen a, a big, Big pickup in the drums, and um, you know, we've we've set some processes in place to help decrease our, our lead time. Um, mm-hmm. But it's we're not quite there. But we're <laughs> yeah. Uh, once this new load comes in next week, there's uh, there's going to be a a light switch that gets flipped. So uh, get ready. Um, but um, yeah, and as far as the offsets, you know, we we just launched them. So I mean <coughs> this year. So we don't have a year lead time. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Anybody that's needing that <laughs> offset, we can get it done a little quicker. But, um, uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, we if that's all we're doing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we can we can we can knock a an offset out in two weeks. But that's not my lead time. But that's like once we start it yeah. and start building that trailer to rolling it out of the shop, if we. If we're hustling, it's we can do one in two weeks. Um, cool. We did, we have, and um, but you know everything else in the mix too. So,
0: so <laughs> um, let me ask you this: Are you
1: doing uh, square fire boxes or yeah. round or square? Round or square, round? round on
0: the round on the inside and square on the outside. Okay, cool. And insulated and all that. Are you pretty happy with with how that performs on your pits? Absolutely. Yeah. You got to be. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's been yeah. Um and, and everybody you know, like you know people will see them that hadn't seen the offset before or whatever, and they'll be like, Holy crap, look at the size of that firebox. And I'm like, hey, well, I, I can fit I can fit a drum smoker in my firebox in my offset. <laughs> 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 I've done it. That's, I know.
0: <laughs> that's awesome.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, they they just perform incredible and Um, I, you know, I started off, I made a change recently. I don't know if you use tuning plates in your offsets or not. Um, but I had a customer who ordered, who wanted tuning plates, who didn't want tuning plates. And I started off, you know, that was going to be a standard, something that we provided. And, uh, this customer called me and goes, I I just don't want them and I don't want counterweights. And I was like, huh? You don't want counterweights, man. You're going to be working your muscles. And he's like, I don't know. I guess I'm just old school. I don't know. And, um, and he's younger than me. And so anyway, um we did you his. Have problems. Yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: no, <I'm just> <laughs> yeah,
1: we we did his and uh we put um this safety latch system on there. Uh you may have seen it before. Um but uh as a catch I for the doors. <laughs> did, oh, was that you that designed that? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Smokerplans.net. Uh, Go ahead. Yes, yeah, Smokerplans.net. <laughs> um, so I I downloaded those plans and um, and we we just we put them on there. I was honestly I was skeptical at first because I've never. I mean, I was like, why in the world does he not want counterweights? I kept going there. So we put those on there. I was like, man, these are cool. Like, it, these are awesome. So you now know, we put them on. We put them on two pits. Now we're about to put them on a third yeah and um but the back of the tuning plates whenever i cooked on i didn't cook on I I test test drove his uh without the tuning plates because i was i wanted to see how it worked without tuning plates I, i'm not putting tuning plates in them anymore unless somebody just like yep. you know arm wrestles me and and really wants them but mm-hmm. I, I don't i don't think you need them
0: yeah yeah, wide open is fun, man. I love cooking wide open. I did a podcast yeah. here a while back, uh, just I, the difference between reverse flow and offset smokers, and I covered both kinds of offset smokers and reverse flows in there. You can you can actually see that podcast on here on YouTube, or, or you can go to smokerplans.net. It's right at the top of the page. But um, But yeah, my favorite style of cooking is that wide open offset anymore. I'm getting I'm kind of reverting back it's a little more energy to run that pit you know and you got to really think on your feet you know to to adjust it sometimes but man when you know how to run that pit it is like stellar it I mean it's just awesome in my yeah. opinion yeah. you know here's uh we got some comments here I want to run through here um, Dale says hey <laughs> you're Dale Dale whats Dale. <laughs> uh, junior his name is junior junior okay. <laughs> uh DJ Scott work. Allen says uh great book he's talking about profit first if you guys yeah. haven't didn't see that uh matt was a super fan of that book and so am i um and he also says pellet smokers are the gateway drug to barbecue i agree <laughs> that's nice. pretty funny right there richard wyatt on youtube he says uh he's got a question here um And I think you kind of do the same thing I do anymore, but in what Tom does and different guys, but I'm working on my cook chamber doors and the right side moved pretty good, which he probably means like it's sprung out, like pretty good. Can you please give me some tips on how to straighten it out? I do have a port of power because I always say port of power, but go ahead. What do you think, Matt? What do you guys do? Do you have any tricks up your sleeve? Uh, Well, we, we, we start off with, so we'll,
1: we'll, cut the doors, but leave the corners in the middle. Um, and then we put our hinges on, um, and then we cut the, um, the, the opening for the firebox and then we crawl up inside there and put our braces in. Um, yeah. and, but I've even had one that sprung a little bit, even though I had a brace in there. Yeah. Um, and so we had to cut the brace and, and just, I had, I had one it was a thousand gallon pit that we cut down to 750 uh recently and the one of the doors sprung and i mean i was like holy cow how are we gonna even get rid of that and we one of the guys that he's 80 years old um he comes up there and he gets and he he created this crank and he cranked that sucker i mean that whole corner I thought he was gonna like torque it the other way. I mean that sucker was just way up inside there. And we left it for a little while and then he backed it off and it was it had come in some. Then he cranked it back in even more. I'm like, dude, you're gonna like fold this metal in half. <laughs> and uh yeah. but by the time we were done with it, that door fit perfect. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, you have to like you weld a piece onto the bot like below the door. And then you have a threaded piece and you just crank it and crank it and crank it. And it's pushing up against that corner. And then you Mm -hmm. have another piece on the other side that, that holds that in place.
0: So that one doesn't go in and Mm -hmm. it worked. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, so you guys are doing kind of what I've heard some other guys say is you're putting your braces in before you knock the corners out in an event that everything is still touch tight, you know, together. So you do you put one on the cook chamber side and the door side so the tank don't flatten out? Because I've had the tanks flatten out and the and the door would stay nice. <laughs> no, we ha- I haven't
1: had that happen yet.
0: Um, but mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Put that in your pocket. Yeah. Put it on both sides. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. um, yeah. yeah. Richard, as far as what I do, yeah, you know me, Porta Power, I'm a super fan all the way. I I tend to go ahead and try to pull the door back. If it's sprung open and flattened out, I pull it back in and then we either put like a gusset in there or we'll tie a piece of rod across that spot, uh, round bar, whatever. And if you put everything back together and it springs open still yet, you can do like a wedge between your piece of round bar and the inner panel of the door. And you can push out on that a little bit and then put a put a little piece across it like that just to bridge that and give it some strength. And that'll kind of hold it out, you know. Um, and then also, likewise, sometimes where the porta power comes in, you got to really give it hell pushing on the inside of that tank and in a certain spot to spread the tank out to match the door. Um, one thing I do if I don't want to put a gusset in there is I'll take like a, a heavy sledge. And whenever I get that port power pushed all the way out to where it's holding where I want it, it's like past, like a, like three-quarters or an inch past where I want that door because the spring back. I'll take and hit that with a sledgehammer right on the top of that port power And I don't know what it does, but it kind of does something to the molecular structure of that metal. It like resets the memory. And so whenever that lets off that port it power it won't spring back as much. So anyway, you just got to kind of play with that a little bit that's that's what i do yeah now facebook user here where'd he go it said uh doesn't tell me who he is says he has a pellet smoker and i have both pellet and yeah offset oh drum loves them both heck yeah nice Nice. and then here's brother adam kentucky adam what's up man (laughs) He says uh gonna have to show you convert you guys to bush lattes I don't know I think Shinerbach is is in your blood isn't it from Texas and all that yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I'm still I'm still back into Coors lights and stuff uh they want to know where you're at Matt where are you uh, I'm in Niles Michigan just
1: outside of South Bend Indiana southwest corner so I'm like four miles from South Bend cool <laughs> where are you
0: He is, uh, let's see, I don't know where he's at, but uh, DJ, if you don't mind answering back, uh, Roy Elkins. This guy here, guys, you need to follow this cat. I had him on a few weeks ago um, on here, Roy. He's from Baker's Gas, and he is a 30-year welder repairman. Okay. uh, One of the smartest welder guys I've ever talked to. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Yeah, he's a good guy to know. He's also up in Michigan. Cool. Oh, here D.J. Allen says Chesterfield, New New Baltimore. Okay. Very cool. Yep. Richard, he's from Kansas City. He's checking in. Yep. Yeah, Um, in a couple months. Yep. Did you use heat tuning your doors? I did not. No. You didn't? No. No. Let's see here. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I bet this is Paul Shirley because it says, Hey, Frank, Ross, and Tyler said to say hello to you. Hello, everybody from Shirley's. Appreciate you guys. Um, yeah, Matt, they want to know what, Roy wants to know what kind of welder you prefer. And I think I already know the answer to that question, but go ahead. <laughs> <clears throat> I've got a yellow one, uh, Aesop. We've got a
1: uh, we've got a a Lincoln one sold, Um, and we bought um, oh the guy that works with me he has one on Eastwood that he had when he came, Um, and then we actually just bought um, Kickstarter for Yes Welder, and oh cool uh, we bought two of those um, on the Kickstarter, which was- I can't
0: figure Yes Welder out, man. It was a
1: disaster, Kickstarter. campaign.
0: was it? Oh,
1: uh, yeah, we finally what got them, but, the story? <laughs> oh, man. They just, they, it, the logistics were terrible. And I know, like, they were in the middle of the shipping crisis and trying to do all that. So everybody, you know, people were getting all pissed off and, and, um, because they kept, you know, pushing things out, pushing things out. And apparently they were sitting out in the ocean forever and, um and then people started getting them but they weren't going by backer numbers they were just random numbers getting their their welders and um and then you know some people would be missing parts and this and that and um so they, i think they got things straightened out but yeah so we got the one that's uh, it's got the plasma cutter in it um oh, as well. cool. the, the mig and uh, T and stick and um i mean the mig just in the plasma cutter they work great for the drums. I wouldn't use I've tried the plasma cutter on a on a five hundred gallon tank and it's not great on there. Um, yeah. but it's great on drums. Like just great on drums. What amp <laughs>
0: is it? Do you know what the amp rating is on it? Man, I can't tell you right now.
1: Um, yeah,
0: it yeah, sounds I, like it's I, like less than forty five if it ain't it's, a, on a, it's on a definitely
1: pump. a lightweight, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's great for welding on drums, uh, and that thin thinner metal. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I wouldn't do a trailer with it or something.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah,
1: uh, my ESOB, you know, I, I had some issues with it. Um, I've, this is my third ESOB now. Um, and the company's replaced it every time. Had like the motherboard mm-hmm. go out or some control board, whatever. Oh, dang. Um, but they took care of it. And um, there, they had a rep. He, he's up in like Grand Rapids, whatever. He's been to my shop. A number of times and he even left me his welder one time and said here I'm gonna take yours keep mine and then we'll swap back whenever I get yours back and that's so cool. they, they repaired it one time and then the second time they just completely gave me a new welder and um, oh wow so um, so customer side the customer service side is good um, and now it's running yeah.
0: great so. What do you think was the deal? Was it, was it factory deal or was it something that happened in the environment?
1: I don't, I don't know. No, it wasn't anything that happened here. Um, it just started just acting like it was um, didn't have gas, but it would have a full tank of gas. And, um, and then it would get like shoot off a really hot flame and off the end of the torch. And I couldn't get it to, to, to stop doing that. And, mm-hmm. um, So, their guy came and he he played with it for a couple hours and he couldn't get it to settle down and uh, weld right. And so that's when he wound up taking it. And um, yeah, they were whatever board and then it happened again. And so they just swapped it out. But yeah,
0: um, it's the Rebel 215. 215. Uh, Yeah, I've got two of those in my shop that belong to Bob. (laughs) They're awesome welders, man. Uh, I'll tell you what, I want to try. There, I can't remember the name of it. I'm going to screw it up, but I'm just going to say what I think it is. Um, it's like a Pro Max or something like that, or Profax or something like that. Um, okay. But the guys, whenever Esau bought Thermal Dynamics, the guys that used to, that came up with the Rebel multipurpose and all that, The not the Rebel, but the Tweco version, because um, okay. it used to be Thermal Dynamics, Tweco, all that, Um, the the guys that came up with that welder when uh yeah, Profax is what Roy says. He knows what it is. Um, I really want to try one of those machines out because uh basically it's the guys that came up with that multiprocess machine that became the rebel, and then they got fired when Esau bought them out and so are let go or laid off or whatever, and they made their own version of that welder basically. It looks awesome. I've seen a demo unit at the local welding shop here in Rolla in our town there called Ozark Gas. They've got a demo model on the floor. Um, if It's the same price as an ESAB, pretty much in the same class, but um, I don't know. Maybe I can get some feedback on that if anybody knows of one. But here's a question for you right here, Matt. Where have you gotten the most marketing advice for your barbecue business? I'm curious. <laughs>
1: Uh well um I've gotten a lot of it from uh, Frank Cox over the years. Oh, uh,
0: you have a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um and um I, you know a lot of it I've learned just by doing and um yeah. yeah. So I I all I did I grew my company um just through Instagram was the main way. And I didn't pay for anything. I didn't boost anything. I just posted and posted consistently. And then I started every once in a while, I would boost something. Um, and, um, you know, we did some drawings and some contests and stuff. And then, um, we recently, well probably been a year now that I started I, I've got a team of guys that, um, that I have hired to run my social media marketing, my email marketing and cool. stuff. And they've done a fantastic job. My catering, my catering calendar is just nuts. Um, they took that over as well. And, and um, I've been thoroughly impressed. So if anybody needs anybody, I'd
0: be glad to recommend yeah, them. Referral. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so, cool, man. But, well, uh, yeah, what you said about, like, just getting out there and doing it, that's exactly right, man. Just pick one platform. And just focus on it and, and understand what the platform wants and just do what they're wanting you to do and be yep. relevant and real. Go to,
1: go to competitions and you don't even have to have a booth there. Go to competitions, go to Memphis and May, go to American Royal. I, I remember I went to both of those. Um, well, Memphis and May, we spent a ton of money, as I mentioned earlier, having our, our booth there, I was like, if we're going to do it. We're going to do it right. And we're going to, you know, and I didn't know what doing it right was then. And, um, but we probably spent $40,000 just to be at Memphis in May that year and did not, the ROI was not, I mean, it's trickled down from there, but, um, I went to American Royal after that and I did not have a booth and I took and I printed off cards and three by five cards that had information about my company and, and the drum smokers. And I walked that entire Kansas City Motor Speedway and handed out card after card after card after card. And my feet were hurting. And I just, I, but I went in and I said, hey, I'm Matt Messer with Cotton Gen Smokers. Just want to introduce myself. Wish you good luck. And off I went to the next one. And uh, I think I gave away some koozies too. And, uh, man, I remember the first person that goes, hey, we follow you on Instagram. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Wow. Oh, cool. You heard of me.
0: <laughs>
1: I felt like a celebrity or something. I was like, man. Um but yeah, and um uh, but I've I built some relationships just through doing that. Um I met Matt Pittman there and yeah. him and I become friends. Um uh at Diva Q, um, you know, met some of these others and they just they're normal people. And yep. they've they've been successful in, in the industry and, and they're normal normal people and um yeah, and, and I've gotten some business advice from from both of them um, at different times. But, yeah, um, that's I don't know if I answered the question there or not, but get out and yeah,
0: do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll you did. I'll add this. If you choose to go to the American Royal to hand out cards, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, get to know people, shake hands with Chris Lilly, whoever you're going to talk to, don't do it in Hey Dudes. Just a word of advice, because like a buddy of mine wore hay dudes the whole time. He chased me all over the Royal Oh, and got some bad blisters on his feet. So don't I wear hay dudes. Wore, I wore cowboy That's what I wear, wore cowboy, cowboy boots. boots. They don't hurt. My feet, <laughs> I,
1: I guess they were ones I've been wearing for a while because my feet were killing me when I got done with that. But
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, hey, seriously, though, um, I'm going to put this up on the screen. I just posted a comment here. Um, So seriously, guys, like the NBBQA is like if you're in a barbecue related business, you cannot afford not to be a member of the NBBQA, even on a personal membership. Um, I went to the event this year in Fort Worth, Texas, and I just got my brain blown. I was hanging out with Meathead from Amazing Ribs. I was sitting at the same table with those guys. We're talking about, like, that's the number one barbecue website on the Internet still to this day, you know. And, uh, you know, you're talking to guys that have been doing this a lot longer than I have and a lot longer than any of these other guys are. And if you're new and you want to get in the right room, I highly recommend the NBBQA. Just go to their website, see what it takes to sign up. That's when you're going to find out when the next event is. But they've got these really cool things. I can't remember what they call them. I think they call them Stigs. Or something, but it's uh it's like special interest groups or SIGs, special interest groups. And uh, there's all kinds of business-related information in those groups. Um, it's usually like live streams or videos or whatever that they've republished. But also, they just opened up their commerce um, thing. I can't remember what they're calling it. I think they're calling it Commerce or uh, something like that. But it's basically their business help you out. Like if you need help with something in business. Um, with your barbecue business, you can contact them through that deal. And uh, those guys, Kel and all them guys that are in there will help hook you up. Make sure. uh, Yeah. Kel Phelps. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this organization has been around since the 90s, early 90s. And uh, so I highly recommend be a member of that and you'll get in a room full of guys like Matt. And other guys that have been there and done that and have great advice. So, are you uh, going? Uh, are you going in August? Uh, to the is there one in August? I didn't know. <laughs> I'm here. I'm floating it up, and I'm, I'm a member on the high level, and I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't
1: big, my email. big Dan's uh, place out in uh,
0: Pennsylvania. Yeah, okay. I'll have to be there if I can pull it off. I'll be there. Yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah, I need to look. Um, let's see one more question here from Roy. He's asking what your choice for plasma cutters is. <clears throat> um, well, we, uh, um,
1: the, the guy that there's a guy that works with me, his name's Dell, not the one that was on the, on here. Um, but Dell Dan. There. Explored, there's two. Yeah. There's two Dells that work for me. Uh, <laughs> and, um, so we call one of them uh junior, <laughs> but, <clears throat> um, yeah, he has one and I believe it is I believe it's an Eastwood. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure. Um and then I just bought um, a plasma table, um a Kawiki uh Aronson five labels? by ten table that's supposed to get here middle of next month and that's gonna have a
0: hypertherm. Uh oh. Did you lock up? Oh, man. Guys, can you hear me in the chat there? Looks there like I lost Matt for some reason. There, there he is. You're yeah. back. <laughs> I heard no. that uh, hit hypertherm and then I lost you.
1: Yeah, so that's going to have a hypertherm uh 45 with it. Um So, yeah, I'm anxious to try that out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my choice, I've used them all. Um, I prefer hypertherm overall. I used to not. But the reason I went ahead and changed my mind is because they changed their consumables out. Now, they're drag tips on the older hypertherms because I've had like one, two, three. I've had at least three hypertherm PowerMax 45s, um, one with a mechanized torch and then two with uh, hand consumables. But um, and I had an 85. I had a man, I've had a lot of hypertherms. I had a little tiny one that had the compressor in it one time. For doing seed metal like galvanized, and uh, but anyway, I've had a bunch of other plasma cutters, and the reason I didn't like them before was because the drag tip had a crisscross in it that was cut with like a hacksaw, and that crisscross would would plug up with dross that was like the high speed dross that's on the top um, when the sparks mm-hmm. are coming out. That would that would plug up the tip, and uh, I got a Thermal Dynamics machine. Me and Tom did. And, uh, that thing was a beast, but the consumables like that electrode, I don't, I'm not digging the electrode the way that's all put in there. Like if that Mm -hmm. electrode gets too much of it consumed that dang, uh, piece in there that holds that electrode in place, whatever it's called the little insulator thing will explode (laughs) like inside the torch. It's a mess. And Tom and I didn't know that. And the first set of consumables we used, it got way too far down. And uh, we was like, I wonder why this thing ain't cutting. And we got to look at it and we figured that out. Thank God it didn't blow up. However, um, they the reason I liked it, though, was because instead of that hacksaw cut, it had a half moon in there. And so the where the base where the drag happened, um, it, it had plenty of room to blow that high-speed dross out of there, and it never plugged up. Well, now the new Hypertherm has something similar to that. The the uh, thermal dynamics is a is a crisscross, so it's four of those. The hypertherm is three, and I actually like the hypertherm version of that better now. Uh, yeah. My machine at the new shop has that, um, but anyway, <coughs> I, I really dig it, and I've cut up to half inch with that thing. It just doesn't even care, you know. Nice. Um, yeah, lightweight torch. It's a great machine. So Roy, yeah. I'm curious what Roy Roy's. Uh preferred one is yeah roy what's yours can you comment down in there that'd be great um also he wanted to tell you that that uh, table's nice and i want to tell you that table's nice too because i actually at imts up in chicago about three years ago which is the international machine tool something or other uh show um which is all the the machine shop related tools it's not fab it's like fab tech But it's like the machine tool side. That one's nuts. And those guys were there, and I hung out at their booth quite a bit, and I was really, really impressed with that table. You know,
1: I'd never heard of – I mean, you know, I'd heard of Star Lab and some different ones. I started, you know, researching tables. And, I mean, there are so many table options out there and guys building tables, you know, and – in their garage and, and that's, that's great. <clears throat> um, but I just, I, I don't know. I, I wanted to go with something that had withstood the test of time. Um, and um, I got on a uh, marketplace and uh, Facebook marketplace. And one of the times I was searching for stuff. So I just allowed to see if there was a used table, you know, that was up for sale near me. And I found a Kawiki that I'd never heard of them before. <laughs> And, yeah. um, and I, so I, it was like a 1995 or 98 table or whatever, and it had been struck with lightning and I was like, <laughs> oh, I wonder if we could like get new parts and put on there and, you know, <laughs> repair this thing. And, um, uh, so I called up kwiki and they're like, yeah, yeah that's not going to be a good option for you. <laughs> and, uh, so, but their customer service was fantastic. And, um, um so their guy's gonna come out here and he's gonna spend two days here at my shop training us and getting it set up and everything. awesome. Uh
0: so i already started playing. Do you mind me asking what you dropped on that table? 40. 40. Okay. Yeah, it's that's an upper end table then. Yeah, you got the yeah. good stuff. So the one thing about plasma though, guys, I'll tell you with, with uh stuff like that. Um, I mean, until you go into high def. And honestly, for pit building, I don't even think it's worth getting high def. I'll be honest with you, because with a good quality table, you can get near high def quality and with very little cleanup. And that's kind of what you're talking about with that table you got. Um, So, you know, but I like the Star Labs table if you can get one. (laughs) That's the thing. They're really hard to get They're They're a cheaper table, but, man, they're a great table. Roy here wanted to say hypertherm is always the right answer. <laughs> and you okay. knew the name of that part because he's been freaking fixing those things forever. That piece that blows up is called the starter cartridge.
1: Uh, and so, the thermal.
0: Yeah. And the thermal dynamics machine that blows up. But yeah, that, do you know if they're using mock or uh command CNC or something, what are they using in the Koiki? top of that Koiki's fun to say. Yeah. Kawiki, um, so they they use flash cut. Okay, flash cut, which is kind of an offshoot of mock. Okay, what that is, yeah. They, they all have roots in that same deal. Okay, yeah. so that'll yeah, be cool. I, got, I just got a copy of it
1: um, this last week and just just started peddling with it. And um, so I, has anybody had any? Um, um, success running parallels on an Apple computer and running their software through that? or is that is
0: that that I don't know because I know uh I know that uh, everything that has its roots in Mach, either Mach 3 or Mach four, is DOS related. So it's always gonna have to be like unless that's changed, but I've been in that world pretty deep and and the, all of that is pretty much nothing but Windows. Yeah. and DOS. and then uh command c and c is actually linux based so i don't really know of anything that runs on apple i wish it did
1: well i mean that's so you can put parallels on your apple and then and run my Microsoft on that but i just i didn't know um, oh i see what my, you're saying myself uh from Kuiki he contacted flash cut and asked them and um and they they said they've had they've not had good success with With running on Apple. So I just was curious if anybody that was listening had. Yeah, that'd
0: be good to know. Yeah, if anybody has, yeah, comment, even if it's on the replay, comment about that. Yeah. So, well, Matt, dude, I tell you what, it's been a blast having you on here. I'm I'm super glad I wanted to have you on for a while now. So we'll have to circle back around here. And yeah. uh, after you get your table running and just see kind of how that impacts your business. Um, do you do you think that having that table is going to change the game for you? I, I'm, absolutely. I do. I've i
1: already got then, I've already got work lined up outside of building smokers for the table. So.
0: Um, oh, cool. I just want to have that thing running nonstop. So now you just got to stack a uh, get a stack of plate that is about 30 feet tall. <laughs> yeah. And you got to run it lights out. And then you'll be yep. making money.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, we've got a um,
0: oh um,
1: gosh, right down the road from me, the big steel place. Alro. Alro, yeah. There's Alro mile from my house. That's and cool. I, yeah, no, it's not cool. <laughs> it's not cool. Not, not, no, not hundred miles from my shop. Not when you're the little guy, because
0: they. Break you over the coals you know Whoa. you uh, gotta get your this weight up exactly exactly <laughs> that's, uh, that's the 30 so, foot tall stack yeah
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, we're getting there we're getting yep. there <laughs> yeah cool any last little bit of advice you'd want to give to somebody that's kind of like thinking they might want to build their they built a smoker and they're happy and they kind of got that itch they're like man i think i could sell one of these any bit of advice you have for a guy like that And
1: just just have fun doing it, and let let nature take course. And um, you know, it may work out for you, and it may not. Um, but don't don't get in over your ears, yeah. and um, you know, enjoy enjoy the process. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's that's the biggest thing I think is just enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, don't do it.
0: Yeah, don't don't do it if you don't enjoy it. Yep, yeah, that's for sure. There's no magic bullet, is there? It's hard work. It takes a lot of dedication, and uh, it also takes a really good plan. That's the hard part, right there—the plan and the commitment behind the to the plan. That's what I think. So that's been the thing for me every time. <laughs> so, including my current venture I'm doing. So anyway, but we won't talk about that dude i appreciate you man you're awesome keep going i love watching you in the funny papers i think you're doing great thanks man thanks hey good hat oh yeah i gotta go get your smoker builder hat identify yourself that's that's the sign of the brotherhood right there (laughs) appreciate you dude oh wait i didn't ask him how do they get a hold of you if they want a cooker
1: yeah um you can go uh, go on my website, cotton Uh track us on social media. We're on Instagram at Cotton Gin Smokers. We are on Facebook as well and TikTok, but I don't dance. Um you don't dance? <laughs> I don't dance. <laughs> uh maybe I'd get more TikTok followers if I did, but um You would, dude. Yeah. Um yeah, so that those are big ways. So you can call me, two six nine six nine seven fifteen thirty-four. Um kind of,
0: all the getting's good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right on. Appreciate you, dude. Keep it Appreciate real, man. You. Have a great week. Have a great night. Rest of yeah. the week.
1: We'll see Team you, brother. Thank you for listening.